Welcome to Design Much with Andy and Patrick. And we're live. How's it going, Andy? I'm doing great, Patrick. You doing good? Yeah. You had a good 4th of July? It was good, yeah. <laughs> it's a great 4th of July. A lot of fireworks. A lot of fireworks. Like I still have both of my hands. I did not blow them off. So I'm doing great so far. That's good. Yeah. That's good. What, uh, what are we talking about today, Andy? Well, Patrick, <laughs> let's go ahead and find out. Um, I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> fire up the generator. generator. Yep. And let's see what topic we have today. Oh, boy. So this one comes from a good friend from the show, um, Allison Clark. Ah, oh, Allie Clark. Allie Clark. Um, and so the the topic today is consistency. When do you need it? When do you not need it? When do you need it and when do you not? Consistency. When do you need it? When do you not need it? Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, what, what do you think, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> well, Patrick, I think I think the, the way to answer this really quick um, is sometimes you need it, and sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't. <laughs> just like, is that Almond Joy? It, it just depends. Almond Joys have nuts? Or Mounds? No, that's, never mind. I'm not sure. Let's <laughs> <talking. laughs> just forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, no, that's true. Sometimes <laughs> it's necessary, sometimes it's not necessary. Are we in terms of consistency, are we in terms of... Uh, I, I, I assume in terms of design, uh, websites, applications, all that stuff. Yeah. And I think it, it might come back to like the, when you have like a style guide as a team, mm-hmm. as a team or just an individual, if you have a style guide, how often do you have to stick to that? And when are you able to, you know, go away from that style guide, um, kind of break it a little bit? When is that necessary? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Consistency. We should we should talk about what consistency means too. Okay. What? Because I think I think there's a difference here. I think that could inform our question, our answer. Gotcha. Because in my mind, there's consistency, and then there's unity. In my mind, there's two different things. Okay. And so, can you define what what the difference is between those two? So consistency is just consistency, right? It's everything's the same. So if I have a button. They're all consistent with each other. There's a pattern. They're all consistent with each other. If I had a, if I have an interaction, right? Let's say I have an upload interaction in my application. Um, <clears throat> then every every interaction in the application would be the exact same, right? Um, and then so that that to me consistency means they're they're exactly the same. They maintain uh, they maintain a level of consistency. <laughs> I think it's a. I think it's bad when you define a word by using the same word. By to using define the same word. word. <laughs> let's uh, let's just make sure. Let's make sure we know what we're talking about here. Uh, I mean, I think I agree with you. Yeah, let's make sure. So, consistency <laughs> in my mind. Let's go to the. Let's go to the the dictionary, Webster's dictionary here. Um, not the Urban Dictionary. Not the Urban Dictionary. Okay. Stay away from the Urban Dictionary while you're at work. That's a good call. Uh, so they have a steadfast adherence to the same principles, course, form, etc. 
uh, agreement, harmony, or compatibility, especially corresponds of uniformity among the parts of a complex thing. So I think those two kind of go to. The other one is like firmness, solidity and firmness, uh, or density or viscosity of something. But that doesn't really apply to us. It's more like a liquid. Um, so with design, I think, yeah, um, like their examples, there's a consistency in the pattern of behavior and mm-hmm. there's a consistency in the colors throughout a house or a building. So I think, I think both of those, um, I think they use, they use the worm uniformity, which I think is, uh, is, is similar. To, I think that's where I think there's a difference between uniformity and unity. Yeah. So uniformity is like it's very it's very consistent. It's very much the same thing mm-hmm. over and over again. It's replicatable, right? Uh, so let's say let's take a behavior like the upload behavior. When you do an upload file behavior, you're going to use that behavior every time. Yeah. When you do an upload file. If behavior. you're if you're if you built it one place in the app and another designer comes in has to build the same thing, they're just copying that same exact design. Yeah. Over to it, so it's the same exact interaction. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So there's there's that kind of there's that kind of behavioral consistency as well as visual consistency, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I think a good a good thing to talk about too is unity, and that it doesn't have to be exactly the same. You don't have to have something exactly the same to create unity. Yeah. Right. Especially from a look and feel standpoint, a visual design standpoint. Not every button has to be exactly the same to create unity throughout the application. Um, if you're trying to create consistency, then yes, it should be the same. And in my mind, I feel like behavioral consistency and um, if, in terms of an application, I've, I feel like behavioral consistency is important. So having the behaviors interactions be the same. And then I think also... Um, what I'm trying to, what am I trying to figure out? Like layout consistency mm-hmm. is very important. Visual consistency on top of that, I think, is a little bit less important. Okay. I think that plays more into Unity. But I think if you were to say, like, here's building bricks of your application of consistency, I would say you start with let's build patterns of behavior and use those patterns of behavior every time, and let's build. Uh, Let's build a layout that's the same or pretty close to the same every time mm-hmm. or has a consistent feel to the layout. So button placement, like, for example, like CTAs and stuff like that, probably all in the same place yeah. as much as you can. Uh, I think after that, Unity, I think after that, visual design goes more into Unity where you can play around with visual design a little bit more as a designer. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Andy? So, um, no, I, I think I definitely agree with that. Like, So it's really important to have that consistency. Otherwise, you have kind of a Frankenstein of an application. So yeah. if we have like if we have like a primary call to action, a primary CTA, but we have like five different ones, mm-hmm. <laughs> like our your users of the application are going to be like what's the difference between this and that? Like it's all it's all very different and they're not going to quickly learn how to use a new thing or a different thing. Um, in your application, um, because it's always different every time. Yeah, a good a good example of uh, I think layout consistency in an application is like Google Docs. Like when you when you hit print, when you're when you're looking at a Google Doc, where's the print button? Yeah, you go for the it's button in the upper left, right? It's in the upper left, or you could hit file print. Yeah, or you well. hit file print, and yeah. then if you get a print preview, if you go to the print preview, where's the where's the print button? I don't know. You tell me, I don't know. <laughs> is it? Is it? They, did they just change left? it? <laughs> right. 
it's usually <laughs> they, uh, it's, it's, they might have just changed it. <laughs> Holy crap! That's uh, embarrassing for you. It's in the upper right because it goes next. They do this weird next thing. Maybe it's because that's a spreadsheet. See, this this is behavior right here. If you're just using, if it sends it directly to the, this is like live. We're doing examples live here. Yeah. If it sends the, if it sends it directly to the Chrome print view, mm -hmm. then it's then it's kind of in that upper left hand corner still of the of the print okay. dialog. Yeah. But if you print from the preview, if you go say like you hit print in a document and then you need the preview, the Chrome preview, it's in the upper right. Is the so print switches button. sides. And then you go back to the Chrome. Uh, if you're using Chrome, your browser dialog is usually on the left, upper left, or lower left. Yeah. So you're kind of bouncing all over the place. Now that's a couple different applications, but that's like, you know, you want to avoid that kind of stuff in your application yeah. from a consistency standpoint, a layout consistency standpoint. Mm -hmm. One thing that we people aren't doing the the mouse rainbow all the time. Mouse rainbow, yeah. Which rainbows are fun to draw, but. Not, not, not to do repetitively too. all day exactly. long. Exactly, right? exactly. <laughs> yeah, and so the, I guess back to what we were talking about, like it's important to have the consistency. For example, if your call to action is always on the top right of the page, users always know where to go to create this new thing or to, mm -hmm. to print their documents, like all that stuff. They always know where to find the action that they want to do. And so that's important. If you're yeah. like Google switching around a lot in this example that you just found, um, it might not help users. Yeah. They have to look around and... They're drawing rainbows all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, but that brings us to when when it's good to deviate from that, right? Yes. So here's an example. I don't know if this is a good example or a bad example. We could define this right now. Uh, Google. So I'm looking at Google. I got a I got a document up, just a regular doc. Okay. When I hit print, um, I go straight to the dialog. I don't get any preview. But when I get when I'm in a spreadsheet, it looks like I get. I get a preview, I hit print, and I get a preview behavior um, that's different than the one I would get on a doc. Mm -hmm. And then I get like a next button that goes to like next. So it takes me to a two-step process. When I hit next, then I get my dialog. So there is a preview interstitial area there. So why is that different? Yeah. And so... What's important about that? An interesting thing about that is they could have done some research and... Maybe their button's always on the top left. Their primary print stuff is always on the top left, and they wanted to do that. But they could have gone through design and found that since there's a preview, like um, interstitial in between that, um, users expected the button to be in a different place for a certain for that sort of interaction. Yeah. So they could have found that, and that could be a, a reason why the designer decided decided to deviate from that pattern. Yeah. But the designer could have looked at the dialogue and realized that the print is switched, the previews on the right instead of the left, and gone from a UX standpoint, that's how people are going to print these things out. Why don't I just flip those, and then that way everything stays consistent? Yeah. They could so have. that's the decision, right? Yeah. I would say you don't make a decision. You don't, I guess, I guess if you're making a decision because you like something as a preference, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. Like that's a bad case to break consistency mm -hmm. or to break uh to break unity, to break that. Um if it's if it's more of a preference, which is then hard as a designer to go like 
it's it's hard to be humble, right? We've talked about that before on the podcast. Just Humility, yeah, just a, is just a, huge, a tad bit, huge part. Yeah, um, yeah. I would I would say if it's definitely if it's your preference and you think it's cooler to do it that way, uh, then you probably shouldn't. Yeah, that would be number one. It's it's most likely the the case that you are making a bad decision at that point. Yeah. Um, if you think it's the right decision, you can test it. <laughs> you know. But at the same time, like you, you should be making decisions based on what your users' preferences are and what they would expect. Yeah, based on the application. You, you I mean, if you're making a decision based on preference anyway, it's a bad decision. Yeah. Um, if you're making it based on gathered information and intuition, that's a good decision in my mind. So if you want to, if you want to break the pattern, then you better have done. You better have gathered your information. You better have looked at what the app does. You better have done all of that stuff. Even even looked at, you know, web familiarity standards and things mm-hmm. like that. Like even gone back and looked at that, and then said, my my intuition still says that we should do it this opposite way because I think it would be better. Then I think then I think you've got a case to yeah. to break a to break that. But I still think at the end of the day, it still has to be a united thing, even if it's different. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I think so. I think I feel like we need to dive into what unity means a little bit more. I, I have a really good understanding of consistency, <laughs> but a united thing is it? Um, how would you define what united means? Like, yeah. how am I able to say this? This design it's not consistent, but it's united. How could I answer that? Um, yeah, that's more of I think you, I think unity is something that's a little bit more of like it's more of the art piece of design, right? It's more of the Maybe there's not a maybe there's not a real defined standard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To what that means, like maybe there's not a, a clear definition. I think uh, I mean there's there's unity, right? There's there's all the different there's visual unity, putting these together in a visual in a unified color scheme. There's those things. I think it's I think it's more of a feeling of unity, more of a perceived feeling of consistency. So like we talk about this with our application is we notice a lot of inconsistent things in our application, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of, there's a lot of inconsistencies. Some of them we need to fix. Some of them we don't, but when we pull our users, we, the, the sense from our users is that the application is put together and is consistent. So to me, that is the unity part. Yeah. So that's the part that if, when you use it, it feels like it's united. It feels like it's one, one thing. I'm, I feel like I'm using this one application not five, yeah. right? Um, I think it's more of a feels like thing. It's probably something you would you would ask your customers more about than you would than than anything else. That makes sense. Right? So basically, if let's say we have you know a team of designers and they're all designing their portions of an application, and if they all designed in a vacuum, everything's going to mm-hmm. be very different. <clears throat> and if you a, to a user's eyes, they might see this application that um, doesn't look like one brand. So like Canopy as an example, we have a lot of users saying that um, this looks like it was designed by somebody. This looks like it was designed by somebody else um, versus this all feels like Canopy. Like I feel like I'm in the same brand and this all works not exactly the same, but it works like Canopy should work. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so like, like I know when I go through our application, as an example, I kind of know who designed what. Uh-huh. Like you, you kind of get the sense of like <laughs> who designed this thing. 
like they use different things. They use a different pattern. They like this interaction. They, there's a little bit of that going on in there mm-hmm. that go outside of our style guide. But for the most part, we we have stuck to the style guide pretty close. At least at least the elements of the style guide pretty close. So then to like a user, when I go out and ask users if you know how to, is is our does our app feel consistent? They're like yes, right? Yeah. Also that. Uh, that may be have that may have to be benchmarked depending on your industry or what you're doing as well, because um, in our industry, all of the apps are schizophrenic. Like, like I'm in I'm in you know into a ProConnect, and their app is schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. Like it's all over the place. So to for uh, for somebody using ProConnect and then coming over to Canopy, it is more consistent because we are more consistent than than Intuit for sure. Intuit is all over the board. Um, they're like Google. They're just like all over the place. Yeah. Like there's no consistency, even though they have Google material and even though Intuit has, what are the, what does Intuit call theirs? I can't even remember what Intuit <laughs> calls no their idea. design system. But they, yeah, they have, they have their little design system, but none of their apps use it really effectively. Mm-hmm. So like you go through, you're bumping between their applications and it's just, it's all just, it's crazy. Uh, versus like, I think with Canopy right now in our life cycle, it feels very, consistent to our users when they first are using it as they go through as anything they go through and they start to see the warts and scars and stuff and then they notice it right they start noticing a little bit more inconsistency um but unity unity i mean there's the basic principles of unity like you can unite elements together by putting them closer together right yeah uh so that's i'm not talking in terms of that unity um i'm talking in terms of more like um does this app feel like it belongs to like one thing, mm-hmm. right? So if you go to a website, I think brand has a huge thing with that. I think brand is your is your common thread in my yeah, mind. That's what's helping me understand this the most. Like, does this all feel like Canopy? Does this all feel like Google? Does this all feel like Amazon? Yeah. Like it all, it, it kind of is, an, like, I like how you said fit. It's how it feels um, because mm-hmm. a brand is like a feeling basically. Um, so I totally agree with that. Well, and you know, so like Google, Google material, the Google doesn't follow their own guidelines, right? So like, <laughs> and nobody really does. I yeah, mean, nobody's really good at it. It's not easy to Nobody do. consistently follows their own guidelines mm-hmm. from a designer build standpoint. And it's not just design that's at fault with that. Like engineering is 100%. They're just as much at fault as design is when we build stuff, to, you know, when we build stuff. But uh, Google doesn't really follow their own material design. Uh, Apple doesn't follow their own HIG very often, mm-hmm. right? Um, Amazon doesn't follow their own structure that much. Uh, you know, Shopify probably doesn't follow their own Polaris system that well. Um, at least, at least letter of the law well, right? Yeah. But when you look at a lot of those products, I would say Apple does a better job at creating unity and harmony in their products, despite not using their, uh, despite not using the HIG religiously, right? Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think Google does a poor job of it of uniting their products together. I think they they have you can tell that different places all over the world are working on different products. Yeah, like for sure. Um, I think Shopify does a really good job of building unity, even though maybe they don't specifically follow their guidelines as well. Because um, you know those you know those things. Mm-hmm. Like when you're when you're on an Amazon product, you know it's an Amazon product, right? Yeah, and it feels like Amazon. Yeah, and I think that has a lot to do with more branding specifically than it does a design system has to do more with style than a design system or a component library. Yeah. So more with style versus like function. That's kind of what you're saying. Yeah. 
Okay. And you can you can tell that with Google products. Google products has about three different styles that they use. <laughs> three different ones. They have like the old one, and then they have like a kind of a mid-level one. So they have like they have like the old one, way previous ma- Google material that you can tell hasn't been updated yet, right? Uh-huh. And then they've got Google material style. And then they got this weird other thing where it's like Google Material, but it's not like Google Material. <laughs> so it's it's Google Material esque. Yeah. Well, I'm so, sure that's a challenge because like they have these old features, they don't have the time to go back to those. And they have like here's mm-hmm. our current style that were like maybe updated a couple of years ago when we came out with Material, and yeah. then we have like the evolving version <laughs> of Material. And I'm yeah. sure like a lot of companies experience that, and I, I think. I think probably every company does in some way. Well, we do here too. Yeah. So we, we have, I mean, we have, you know, say like we have a button style, right. And we want to update that button style. Um, I think that's, I think that's a good, that's a good example. Like you, you, you have a design system. If you have a design system that never evolves, then you're, then you're Salesforce, right? Yeah. But if you don't, if you have a design system that is allowed to evolve over time, then you're going to have, you're going to have a mixed, user experience on some level because there's going to be parts of your there practically there's going to be parts of your application that don't even pull in the old, the new styles so then when you update new styles you have to go back and update those things right yep. and that's from a code perspective um you know it's not like you can rebrand your entire application just like all at once mm-hmm. so there's going to be an evolving piece to this i think that goes go, going back to ali's question i think that is part of it is part of the answer is that am I evolving something in the style guide or am I not evolving something like if this is a button I'm going to use a button but if this is a case where I'm looking at it and I'm like I think this would be a nice case where I could where I could add some improvement to our application as well as to our style guide mm-hmm. I think that's a big question you should ask yourself too because <clears throat> if that's the case then you might have to do a little bit more work to vet that out Right. Exactly. Which which I've run into all the time when you're designing something. I feel like mm-hmm. I need something new, and I go, <laughs> "Well, yeah. Should I should I have a new type of button here?" And then go through the whole process of working, you know, with my team to decide if that's a good decision or not. Yeah. Um, like testing and all that stuff, and then putting it in your design. And then sometimes you just go back and like, no, I won't do it. Well, and sometimes I think even the vetting, I think that's why the vetting process is important because even in that process of gathering information, you realize that maybe as a designer personally, I think this would be a better design, but it's actually not needed. Yeah, because that happens. It's happened so many times where I've gone through and I'm like, okay, I actually can deal with this existing button and it works. Yeah. And if you test it, it functions just fine with users. (laughs) Um, So like a lot of times you do think you need something new because you've seen it somewhere, you're looking at dribble too much or something. <laughs> um, and yeah, you think you want to evolve the style guide. So I, I think there's a line, like like a good balance of when should something be new? Does this require something new? Or um, am I just am I just playing too much with this design? Yeah. I think I think you back let's back it up and say, okay, when I when I go to make the decision I'm a designer, uh, I'm sitting down, I'm like, yeah, I want to do this new cool thing. Um, the first thing would be go back, realize that you work for a company, <laughs> right? <laughs> Designers, if you're working, if you're getting a paycheck from a company, you work for the company. That's right, right Andy. That's right. You don't work for yourself. Mm-hmm. If you're a freelancer, you work for yourself. But if you're coming to an office and gathering a paycheck from a company, 
<laughs> you work for them. So are you that's saying the first, that's the first thing? Are you saying that freelancers don't have to follow design guides? I'm like saying I'm saying they have a little bit more freedom, right? If you're a okay. freelancer, you're still working for the client, obviously. Yeah, they're working for like you're always working, working for, for the somebody. Client. I think that would that's fundamentally. Let's go back. Designers are not. <laughs> this is where we go back to the design. Our designers, artists, are not. And I don't think designers really are artists uh-huh. uh, because you're not working for yourself. Okay. As a designer, you're constantly designing something for somebody else, right? That's where I make the, like, I think you can be that's a graphic artist. That's interesting. I think you can be a graphic, like, we're, we're graphic artists, right? Okay. Okay, that's fine. We have we have the ability to do that or whatever, right? Create stuff, right, Andy? Yeah, we do. Yeah. But... But no, we can't ahead, do everything that we want because we're designing for another person. But don't artists also? So your definition of an artist, maybe we shouldn't get into this. <laughs> this too is much. It, though. This is this is this is not. Don't and and don't like. <laughs> this is not the topic. I'm just saying. Like first first thing to understand as a designer working for a company is that you work for a company. Yeah. Okay. So the company already has a, a bunch of other people historically, or somebody else have have kind of defined what the the style is and people are using it and all that kind of stuff right? yeah so i like this so i think what you should do is probably like on your desk you have like picture frames of your family or whatever your mm-hmm. dogs and your cats yes. get one that just has like that says you work for a company yeah you work so for like work step anime. one so you can just like you can take a step back yeah <laughs> just kind of lean back in your chair look around at your pictures for a second step one <laughs> you work for a company yeah okay what's step two <laughs> step one step one you work for a company <laughs> step two the company probably already has some standards for things. Yeah. Right. Step three: no one understand those those standards. <laughs> and then step okay. four: oh, now now you're now you're like okay, well I'm looking at this new thing. Okay, okay, I work for a company. The company has standards. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go look at those standards. Okay, I'm gonna go look at those standards. Yeah. So go look at those standards and be like, do we have something that already exists? Mm-hmm. Right. If the answer is yes, we flowchart and say, try to use that thing, right? Does it fit in your use case? Now, you can always make an excuse that I can't find what I'm looking for. You can always make that excuse. That always happens. If you're making that excuse, it's probably because you're doing it based on preference, in my mind. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, yeah, we already have this interaction. I'll just use that interaction. Does that fit? And then sometimes I think what happens too is we, hit, we see the interaction it doesn't quite fit for our use case, so we throw it out. Mm-hmm. When the actuality, when when the, the next step in that phase is probably like, okay, it doesn't quite work. Could I make it work? <laughs> right? Not even make it work, but could I make it work in the sense of like, does, do I really need this other thing or can I make this work? Or can I modify that to make it work or to get it to work? Can mm-hmm. I modify our current thing? Because if you're looking at something, if you're looking at something new, like a new interaction or a new process, we didn't think about it before. Like the people who worked here for four years didn't think about it before. Yeah. Now you're 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 coming up to it, and you're like, okay, can I modify that thing to make it work then, to get it to work this case? Because mm-hmm. if I can modify it, then that's better for consistency and unity's sake, right? Than just building a whole new one. Because now I got two different things to to deal with. Yeah. And then in the sense of like, if you work for a product design company or a SaaS company or B2B or whatever, um, we have to, the other thing I think designers need to really consider uh, is that we have to support both of those things now in the application. Yeah, and not just like design like 
like engineering has to support it, right? Yeah. So if something breaks on this this one <clears throat> thing, well, they have to f- fix it on the other thing too. Or like you know, there's if if one is updated, you have to update the other one. Yeah, there's a lot that comes into that, and I think. I've learned <laughs> with that sort of thing that if you come out with this new design for this thing that already exists, um, not only are designers going to question it, but also engineering is going to question yeah, it. Like everyone's going to question it. Well. So it's something that you want to think through when you're making those decisions in yeah. design. Well, and, and in a lot of cases, that's a lot of cases it is better to do the new thing. Yeah. Like sometimes it is better to do the new thing and deprecate the old thing, right? Mm-hmm. And that you need to make you, you need to actually have that conversation. That's why I think when you go when you when you come up to it, it's like oh this this doesn't do the the thing that I need to do right out of the box and you discount it. You're just cutting off that whole entire conversation you, you need to have with yourself and with the engineering team, right? Yeah. Um, so it's like how could we how could we actually modify this, or would it take longer to modify that, or would it be easier just to build the new thing, go with the new thing? So there's a ton of stuff in here. There's a lot of decisions, a lot of picture frames now you have to put on your desk to help you make this decision. Yeah. You have to put all the engineers in there so you remember all of them. <laughs> and then you got to put all the other product people, all the other designers, and you got to remember them. That's hard. And, and I think like to help me make that decision, like you know, you said that there's the excuse, I didn't know this was somewhere else in the app. Mm-hmm. How can we overcome something like that? Um, I think we can maybe ask somebody who knows. Yeah, we can You know, look at your... Hopefully you work for a company where you're working with other designers that you can talk to. Yeah. Uh, designers would be the best case. Um, developers are great too. Mm-hmm. Ask the developer, where's, where, where else do we do? Uh, do we do upload stuff? Like, how do we upload files? Ask a freaking engineer. Yeah. There's a big chance they spent hours writing lines of code to build it. So yeah. they know it very intricately. They know where that stuff is at. Yeah. They probably know the interaction of your application better than, than you do, for sure, mm-hmm. hands down. Um, or better than a user or anything like that. So I would just turn, I would just ask a developer. Yeah. So I think it's good to, to try to figure that out first to find out if there's something already existing. And it's not always easy to do. Sometimes you can even just play around if you don't know in the application yeah. and find it. Yeah. Um, but that's that's a good, solid first step. <laughs> you got to do a little discovery, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then after, after you figure that out, then you got to make the hard decision. Now, if you say, if you say, hey, I'm not going to use that because it doesn't do anything. Let's just say it doesn't exist, right? Yeah. Free game. Right there. Do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Done. <laughs> now you just have to design it. Yeah. Now you just have to design it. Just make sure you're not, you know, like, you know, using pink or green or some other color that's not in your application, of course. Yeah. Unless you know, pink your, your is style. in your application. Yeah. Like, obviously, you're going to have some kind of, like, style. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, that you have to adhere to on some level. So adhere to that. Uh, if it, if it, uh, <laughs> this is just such a hard question, man. It's, there's it's so re- many nuances. It's to really this. big. Yeah. Like we need a giant flow chart of things. <laughs> like if, if that, <laughs> yes. Okay. Go over here. If, if no, okay. Then back over here. Yeah. If yes, leave over here. Like we need just a giant. Does it exist? Yes. Does it meet my needs? No. <laughs> Do should I rebuild a new one? Not yet. Still not yet. Hold on. We should ha- get like a wall here at Canopy that's just like this huge flowchart, just the the make a decision wall. Yeah. Where we just should I, go through. Should I use the the design system or not wall? <laughs> <laughs> the answer should always be try as hard as you can to use it. Yeah. <laughs>
I think too. I think one thing. Uh, taking a step back on that too. I think one thing when you design a design system, when you're building and constructing a design system, like don't be so freaking opinionated. Why like, not? Don't restrict it so much. Why not, Patrick? You want it to be like really open and free, yeah. so that people can take this like skeleton and run with it, right? Yeah. Because that's probably what unity is, right? Mm, bing, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. Well, you've you've heard of the you've heard of the Brad Frost atomic design system methodology, right? Have you heard of that? I haven't heard of it. Where you have uh, organisms, you have like well, I don't even know. You have like atom atom. You have like atoms. Okay. Or something. This is oh, biology. Okay. Like, okay. I think I've heard whatever. this. You have like atoms, and then you have organisms, and then you have uh, the next step up, right? Yeah. Like treat it like treat it like the way we are constructed, we are built, right? But the problem the problem with that is is you build a component, you build a let's say you build an organism, and that organism doesn't function. You got to build another organism, yeah. and those two organisms have to work together. So then they start chaining together. It starts to become really opinionated really quickly. Mm-hmm. And so like um, if you use something that's too opinionated, then when you bring designers on. And you have multiple designers. Say, say you grow, and you have fifteen designers. Um, it just becomes like we can't. We just you can't manage it at that point, right? If you keep it light, keep it less opinionated. Uh, maybe maybe stay more opinionated on your elements. Yeah, right? like your buttons and your the inputs smaller, and things yeah, like okay, that. Yeah, like the core pieces of yeah. The- those things are easier to maintain. Yeah, obviously, and those things are easier. And most designers are gonna be like, ah, I want to redesign. Well. I shouldn't say that. Every designer I've ever hired wants to redesign the inputs. Uh, so maybe I shouldn't say that. They still designers still want to like do whatever they want to do. Yeah, I think sprinkle their magic unicorn dust I think on that's something a and make it better. With us, that's how we always do it. Yeah. But um, but if you keep it to those core elements, I think you can get a designer's focus on. Look, hey, don't worry about the don't worry about the input too much. Like, look at all this other magic you can do over here. Yeah. So how do you maintain that exactly? So we have this this light, this light um, design system. How do we maintain this light design system? Who like enforces it? How how do we bring things up? That you, we want to make a change to this input. So when you hire the new designer and they go, <laughs> yeah. I want to make a new change. I want to add a new button or something. How do you mitigate that? Like how does that work? It's I think it starts with engineering. In my experience, if engineering is not maintaining it. Then don't you can't expect a designer to maintain it. Okay. Engineering will say if a designer's not maintaining it, then how do you expect an engineer to maintain it? Mm-hmm. But like uh, as an example here, we have color swatches, right? Yeah. We went through to we went through and componentized all of our color swatches or classified our color swatches so that every color had a class. And then therefore, when we go out of that, when we add new colors, we can do different hues and all this kind of stuff, right? Um, so we created this whole entire color swatching thing, right? And it's used 0% in the application from engineering. <laughs> and not to throw like engineering under the bus. It's just like, how do you expect a designer to actually communicate in this way now if, if nobody else, if it's, if it's still easier for engineering to just put a hex code in from a, from a, you know, use the hex code from a from a mock they're getting. Yeah. If they still think that's easier to do, then why would we use anything else? Mm-hmm. Right. So, like at the end of the day, if if engineering is not going to build it in a consistent way, 
then why would we design it in a consistent way ever? Yeah. And we get this flack a lot from engineering. It's like, well, designs, they're always inconsistent. And I'm like, well, yeah, but your code, like, you have 14 <laughs> different components for one thing too. Like, we, like we'll use the components you give us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think it, it's a two. It's definitely a two way street. And who owns that is going to be somebody on design and somebody on engineering. Gotcha. And and more importantly, I think in that is knowing who's going to own that, but more importantly, who's going to enforce those. Mm-hmm. Because uh, a design system is like any set of rules. If you don't have enforcement, then it will never be enforced. Nothing naturally is enforced, right? Yeah. So like. If you say the speed limit is going to be 70 miles an hour and then you don't put police on the road, you get you get I-15 where everybody's going 95 miles an hour everywhere, right? <laughs> so like you have to have some kind of enforcement on that. Yeah, exactly. And it has to be on design and engineering. You can't expect a designer to enforce engineers. You can't expect designers to to enforce those standards and you can't expect uh, an engi- you can't expect a front end dev to be, you know, enforcing design standards either. I don't mm-hmm. think it works that way either. So. Yeah. So that's good. I think, yeah, you need, you need that sort of stuff in order to keep, keep your, your skeleton of a design system working. Right. Yeah. Um, that's great. Do, do you think we've answered this question? I hope so. Cause it's like too, it's, crazy. it's very big. So like, again, consistency, when do you need it? When do you not need it? Right. Yeah. Um, have we talked about when we don't need it? I think we have. You don't need it when you, you so take a take a big leap back. Consistency, you need it when you're developing a, a large product or application, right? Yeah. You need it. You need consistency. So yeah. So the the end here is you always need consistency. Um, but unless they're different products. Yeah. That don't correlate <laughs> together whatsoever. And then yeah, sure, to do two different things, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to be consistent that way. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, when so you, do you not need consistency? I think the answer is probably never. Yeah. I think that makes Maybe. sense. <laughs> I can't think of a case <laughs> when you don't want it. Yeah. You need some level of consistency, Andy. Just a little bit, I guess. <laughs> some level. So as long as you have some consistency and you're striving for unity, you're doing the right thing, right? Yeah, we'll have to ask Allie if we'll have to make her listen to this one. Then we'll ask her if we, if we solved her, yeah. her conundrum. <laughs> no, I, th- I think that's good. I think <laughs> that's good. That's good. Okay, another one done. I think so. Okay, we'll 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 uh, we'll reach out to we'll reach out to Allie and see if that answered her question or not. And she'll probably give us a bunch of crap about how it didn't. And then we'll have to redo this again. (laughs) In that case, this was a good practice for that. Yeah. All right, man. That's it. Uh, We have a, we have a closing thing we got to do, right? So yeah, much like Allie, if you have a topic you want us to explore, talk about, um, see if we can answer it. Uh, or figure out how to answer it or whatever, uh, shoot us shoot us an email at topics at designmuch.org. Tell us what it is. Or on Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever, with the uh, hashtag designmuchtopics. 
we'll put them in the topic machine and then randomly generate them at the beginning of every podcast. Yeah. And then we're, cause we get nervous, Andy, like every time we do this now, we don't know what we're going to be talking about. That's true. Like it is up to our listeners. It's yeah. what we're talking about. Now we've looked at the list and we have a list. We have this giant, you know, was it 4,200 topics, mm-hmm. this giant list of things. <laughs> we've gone through those and been like, Hey, like yeah, I'm kind of familiar with these, but some of them we don't we we don't know. Yeah, so a little nervous. Like, please don't <laughs> land on that one. Please don't land on that one. Um, so this is legit. Like, this is we're not making this up. It's not like we're faking this. <laughs> but it's it's great because you you get to you get to listen to us squirm if we don't know the answer yeah. to these. Topics. Well, even like this one. This one's kind of a big topic. I I still feel like I, I don't know. I don't I don't feel like we've. I need more nuance to this, to the question. It needs to be more narrow, right, for us to really answer the question, I mm-hmm. feel like. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, uh, hashtag Design Much Topics. If you want to attend a Design Much Workshop, go ahead, hit uh, meetup.com slash Design Much Workshops. There's nothing planned right now that are confirmed, but we're working on. Yeah, stay tuned. Yeah, just working on some for July, uh, for August, September, October. Just refresh that page like every 10 minutes and just wait, you know. Yeah. Something Every will 10 happen. Minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do anything else with your life. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, go rate us on iTunes. Give us a good rating. We were shooting for, what, a 4.2? 4.2, so yeah, which we're higher than that. <laughs> right we're now, higher. So. so we can maintain. That's our bottom line, yeah. 4.2. <laughs> if we go below 4.2, what happens? Um, do we just shut her down? I don't I don't know. I think we we try harder if we try harder. below 4.2. <laughs> Okay, I like that. <laughs> if we get below four point two, we'll try harder. Yep, that's our that's promise the, that's to the you. Promise. <laughs> Until then, we're not going to try that hard. Until then, we're above it, so we're we're <laughs> yeah. doing good. We're just going to coast. <laughs> All right, Andy. See you next time. Hasta la vista.